When we see the movies portray prisons, it often is depicted as people working out and working in a garden to collect food to be cooked. Recently, there have been complaints and even lawsuits filed about the quality of food being provided by prison facilities. In this episode, Prison Food, Criminally Awful, Marion Dennis, Seth Bridge, Chris Russell, and Nina DiCarlo discuss how prison facilities have outsourced food productions to companies with only one concern, the cost. Prison food, criminally awful. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the inside. It is 1130 here on the East Coast. Uh, We are going to be tackling the topic of um, nutrition and food within uh, the prison systems, not just here on the East Coast, but, you know, across the country, it seems to be a pretty um, tough subject across the board. So uh, let's get into it. Um, Who wants to get started? Awesome. So um, just to start, in order to really understand, you know, why prison food is, you know, termed criminally awful, um, I decided to look into some of the areas and some of the meals that prisoners are being served. And, you know, the more I looked into it, the worse it was because something I read, they're being fed the nutritional value that a five-year-old needs. And, you know, these are grown adults getting fed, you know, the same value as a five-year-old. And, um, you know, some of the meals I saw, one of the lunches were as little as corn chips and two bologna sandwiches and as much as canned fruit, juice, coffee, and toast. Um, So, I mean, as you mentioned that, it's crazy because the average person on a day should eat about 2,000 calories. And obviously you don't want those to be empty calories either, whether you're eating them via three bags of chips throughout the day, that's insane. Or a bologna sandwich. Yeah. And I mean, obviously um, some of, so not all of them, but some of these meals are hitting the 2000 calories, but you can definitely tell it's by, you know, not by the food quality, it's by, you know, how processed it is. Um, So you know that, you know, they may be getting their caloric intake, like eating the rest of their needs. No, it's not. Yeah, that's uh, I've seen a few articles about it over the last few years, uh, whether it's been through school or um, just on the news or whatever it is. But I mean, that 2000 calories is for the average adult, right? That's someone who's mm-hmm. not being active not working out, not really doing a whole lot, just going about their everyday routine. So if you think about anyone who's uh, incarcerated, part of their routine throughout the day for a lot of them is having a workout. So to be barely reaching your 2000 calories per day, if they are reaching them and being empty processed calories sets people up for like terrible health situations for a long period of time 
Yeah, and um, some of all of the facilities in the United States have to have their menu approved by a dietitian in order to be accredited. Um, and they recommend three meals a day, but it's not required. So a lot of these prisons are only serving two meals a day. And as I said, one of them might be, you know, corn chips and two bologna sandwiches. And, um, you know, some incarcerated persons have actually resorted to eating toothpaste and toilet paper just to get their, you know, get all of the nutrition that they need, which I mean, how much nutrition are you getting from toothpaste and toilet paper? But if that's their only option, then that's what they got to do. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, going off that, um, it's like prisons are different. All prisons are different. Like some prisons, you know, that you serve like with a fruit cup or a fruit juice to get some type of that nutrition in there. But then there's like other um, prisons that like have served food that have been like tainted with maggots, like rotten meat, uh, food pulled from the like garbage just because they don't have um, that budget of get in that better food and like healthier food for like the prisoners. So it's, it's, it's hard. It's different for every kind of prison depending on the area. And it's, you know, as, especially what Seth said, but you, you were talking about how like the average minimum is like 2000 calories. And if you're working out and, and that's what you do in your daily routine, there's no way, you know, it's healthy for you to work out and only get that minimum of 2000 calories even if that you even get that you know it's 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 honestly kind of scary to think about you know as like I work out like I I try and have like almost 3000 calories depending on the day of my like the day of my workouts and what I do um, physically and it's it's unhealthy to see um that you're working now and you're 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 building up and losing all the energy and using all the energy and then you're not getting the minimum calorie deficit that you need well, and it's interesting too, because, you know, when we're hungry and if we don't have food around the house, um, a lot of us can just run to the grocery store, run to the convenience store and get something to eat. Um, the only option they have is the commissary. And if they don't have the money to go spend there, um, they're kind of out of luck. And a lot of the food that's at the commissary is more of the processed prepackaged um, stuff that, you know, the government warns that is even, you know, the bad stuff in the vending machine so that their second option for food is stuff that, you know, either, even the government says is, is bad for anybody to intake. Yeah, and I mean, it leads to a lot of, you know, long-term health effects as we kind of brought up before it, which is crazy because the typical prison sentence that people are going to serve, just sitting there and eating the food that you know, they're given that they have to intake every day is more than enough time for that poor diet to cause long-term health, like effects in their body and chronic diseases just from that poor food that they're getting served because it's so nutritionally inadequate compared to what you should be having. And I think that that's absolutely crazy because I was reading an article and it was saying that people who go into prison, a lot of times they even try and fake that they're Jewish. And it's because, you know, prisons have, if you go into prison with a certain dietary need, if you're diabetic, um, religion, anything that would, you know, change your dietary needs, you'll be getting better served food. So people understand what prison food is going to be like. So they, 
go in and try and fake that they're Jewish when going into prison so that they can get better food. Because like you said, like when we're hungry, we can run to the grocery store. They don't really have that option. But if we go to the grocery store, we're going to spend like a hundred dollars at a market basket getting ready to make dinner. But if you look at how much money is spent on each meal per prisoner, it's crazy because for example, there's one prison in Alabama that spends 58 cents average price per meal per prisoner. Like 58 cents is a crazy low. That's insane to spend which on a whole is, Which is insane to me because you know what? We, as taxpayers, we pay for these meals anyways. And I know for a fact that we're spending more money towards towards these prisons to be able to give to to feed prisoners and to be able to give them more than 58 cents i think instead of the money going into the pockets of the people who are running the prison to at least put people into a better health position because you know what prison isn't just to serve a punishment it's a place to learn rebuild and be able to eventually go back into the free world yeah it's, it's and treating them like animals and feeding them like probably worse than most humans feed their dogs exactly and the crazy part about it is that some of in some of the states that have you know all of these facilities that it's legal for people to keep the excess funds which is why in like i, I had already mentioned alabama but in alabama um the sheriff got jailed for pocketing $200,000 of money that was supposed to go to prison food. So these prisons are cutting corners to find the cheapest way possible to get the job done because whatever money is left over, they get to pocket that. Well, and a lot of Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. (laughs) A lot of this stems from the privatization of you know, prison food. Um, I'm pretty sure we've all either seen it on TV or heard of it, but um, a lot of prisons used to have gardens and they used to, um, you know, like make their own food and source meat and fruit locally from farmers. And, you know, I guess people decided that that cost too much money in order to save a couple cents per meal. Um, you know, they're now outsourcing it to some of these companies that you know, obviously aren't feeding them quality food or even food that's not rancid. Um, So even just the privatization of, um, you know, food is something that has caused such a big issue. And, you you know, you got to wonder where the human rights come in, where, you know, they have to be fed like people. And then you look into the idea of like a federal prison versus a private prison. And then with the amount of funding that each of them get, the fact that these people are treated so poorly just on a, on their basic needs of food. You know, I, I can understand. Yeah. You don't get to, they don't get to watch TV or stuff like that. They lose out on some freedoms, but the basic things like food and hygiene isn't, it's just insane to me. It's insane. Well, even in like specifically federally run um, prisons, you know, we have the FDA, which is a f- the federally run Food and Drug Administration. And they have designed food regulations, these long, extensive lists detailed to ensure, you know, that 
there's safety, quality, quantity for the general public. And, you know, that continues over into other facilities like hospitals or, you know, places where you go to seek mental health help or any other kind of facility. But this, the system of food distribution and meal balance that the FDA has put out that this is a healthy dose and this is what you should be getting in your general meals does not apply to any prisons, which like you said, there's still people. Yes, they have committed crimes and that's why they're there. They're already there serving their time, but they still should be treated like human beings. They have to ask for fruits and vegetables to be on their plate when they get served because they're absent from any kind of meal, absent from their trays unless they're unless the prisoner asks for it due to budget cuts because they don't want to be spending that kind of money. Well, and, and I find who, it. Who does that it, money go to? It goes to the pockets of the people who run the prison. Exactly. It doesn't go into the prison. It doesn't go into any rehab situations. It just goes straight into people's pockets. Yeah. And I find it interesting that, you know, a lot of these prisons might have some federal funding and yet there's no federal standards on what people are supposed to eat or, you know, their nutritional value. A lot of these policies that these prisons are feeding people based on are either state by state, local policies, or even court decisions. Like there's no general ruling so that people can get away with whatever they want. And it's technically not illegal. And that's crazy. And I mean, this could be, this could be such a good opportunity for you know, these different prison systems to partner with the community, like what they were doing before with the farming and partnering with local, you know, bakeries or butcheries to get their food. Um, you know, not only are they not getting that quality food anymore, but, um, you know, now these farmers and butchers are missing out on the, the money that they could have had supporting the prison and, you know, putting it back into their community. Well, yeah. And um, going back to like what you were saying about laws and how it's all determined and stuff like that. The Eighth Amendment is literally talking about that, like saying correctional institutions must not deprive prisoners of the basic necessities of life. And if they did deprive them of that, that would be violating the Eighth Amendment on cruel and unusual punishment for convicted prisoners. And but there, like, then there comes that question where what are the basic necessities of life? Because they're still getting some source of intake for food, but it's not enough whatsoever. Like if you analyze a Monday to Sunday menu, they're missing leafy greens, fiber, whole grains, heart healthy fats, other vital nutrients, vitamins, everything that, you know, you should be intaking with a normal diet. Instead, they're getting a surplus of potatoes, potato chip, potato chips, mashed potatoes, fiberless vegetable juice, processed foods, highly processed foods, pieces of white bread all day long. One lady did a test where she, um, her friend had been in and out of numerous different facilities and she wanted to test out what prison food was going to be like for a week. and after her second day, she had already eaten a loaf and a half of white bread because of how much 
white bread they push out because it's inexpensive and it'll f- make you feel full, which is crazy. That that's very little yeah. nutritional value. Yes. Even, even it might have carbs, that. it might have calories, but I don't know if you guys have ever eaten just bread for a day. There's no energy available. Oh, it's terrible. It's so bad. But it's almost it, like I, it's almost like it's a control thing where yeah. if, if if you can feed them so little food, bread's not good for you. It's not they good can hold without give it, it leaves the prisoners with less energy and they feel like they can control them better. I don't know. That's just me speculating. But yeah, and it's actually interesting that you say that because I actually found some info and data where it says that you know the malnutrition that they're currently facing actually causes the prisoners to act out more and be more violent because they're not, you know properly fed and they're not properly fed and that's the thing like they're not even mandated to eat three meals a day and it's it's and obviously um it's looked over like the like the menu is looked over by um a corporation but it's not like they're gonna just like investigate the whole thing and be like oh there's not that many like you need this amount of calories and this and that they just kind of go through it and okay, approved. Like, it's not like they're being like, okay, like where's like the vegetables, where's like the nutrition, where's, you know, all this kind of things. And it, it, that's what the body needs. And it's, it's a lack of like want, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's very unhealthy um, that and what's going on here. And it's uh, kind of scary to think about, to be honest, like, so I feel like so many people, like, they're just losing weight. You know, they're just losing, they're losing a substantial amount of weight in prison. And, and it's, uh, they're already there to, like, they're, they're there for the sentence. You know, they're there for the punishment. They're doing the consequences. And then on top of that, um, and at risk for, like, health problems, it's just why, why they, like, they don't need that as well. And, Marin, to piggyback on what you said about, like, when you're malnutri- malnourished like that, you're ang- angry. I mean, w- we see it every day with ourselves, right? We don't eat on time, and then all of a sudden, we, we get hangry. If yeah, the whole I mean, idea is to try to keep the peace within the prison, I mean, keeping people without their food just brings more irritability, more more everything. I can only imagine. It's it's a real, uh, real fun one. And then there's obviously fights over food. I yeah. mean, I've seen a lot of documentation on people who have been in prison for five, 10, 15 years and they're at, they're, they're free now. They're at family dinner and they're sitting there hovering over their dish just to make sure that their food gets protected. I I think that that's a problem. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, even just in, you know, our world with commercials and with corporations, there's a whole series on, you know, being hangry with Snickers and that's, you know, that's normal people going throughout their lives with their normal daily intake. And, you know, they still get hungry and they still get hangry. And, you know, I couldn't even imagine not having the resources to feed myself when I'm hungry um, and, you know, letting it be left up to the privatization of the state to choose when I eat and what I eat, whether it's good for me or not. You know, and I think in general, um, you know, there's a lot we can do while we're on the outside and, you know, calling on the prison systems to, you know, make these changes and make sure that they know what they're feeding their prisoners and how that matches up against the 
recommended daily intake. And, you know, if prisons are really centered around rehabilitation, how can we help to make sure that that's what's happening and that, you know, the prisons aren't just profiting off of people being stuck there? Well, if anybody has any final thoughts, I think that's a pretty good spot to just about wrap up. One and another. And like you said, you know, nutrition, your memory, it can lead to things like depression or disordered eating. You know, when, when people come out of these facilities with such a food insufficiency and that inadequate amount of food intake, when they come out of there, what, what is their life going to be like? Now, when they start eating a normal diet back again, how is their body going to react to that? What's their, you know, their digestion system inside? How is that going to take all of this new food coming in? It's going to leave them with more, you know, digestive problems and health problems, mental health problems when they come out of there and they're going to have depression and PTSD and bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. All of those are directly related to people's immune systems, which can be affected by the bacteria that you have in your gut, which gets affected by a poor diet. So all of these, you know, inmates that are coming out of these facilities with not only all of these nutrition deficiencies, but now they're gonna have a long list of mental health problems and they're gonna have you know, physical health problems where their body isn't gonna know. It's gonna be basically, their bodies are in starvation mode the entire time that they're gonna be in this facility because they're so malnourished, which is mind blowing that that's okay because in the real, like not, that they're not in the real world, but like in present day society, you know, our society is doing a lot to raise awareness for, for mental health and kind of normalize it, get treatments for it. But at the same time in these facilities, we're still providing people these diets that are evidently going to drive them crazy and cause them to have mental health illnesses when they come out of this facility. So I don't know where that makes sense in today's society, but it's, they're really putting a serious flag on every single person that's in these types of facilities on their general health, mentally and physically. All in all, prison food is honestly just- Criminally like, awful. Yeah, it's, Criminally awful. it's, so, it's it such a destruction for like mental and physical health. Like there's just no- there's no win-win situation here, like, at all. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to The Inside. It is 1130 here on the East Coast. Uh, we are going to be tackling the topic of uh, nutrition and food within uh, the prison systems, not just here on the East Coast, but you know, across the country, it seems to be a pretty um, tough subject all across the board. So uh, let's get into it. Um, who wants to get started? <laughs> 